Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. You are listening to station WGN. Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. This is exciting, isn't it? In five, four, three, two. All right, here we go. Get ready to have a good time. This is exciting, isn't it? All right, we're on. Hello, testing, testing, testing. Welcome aboard the Dream Rider. It's the only way to fly. <laughs> you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. They're gonna need to send in the National Guard or fucking squad team, cause I ain't going nowhere. Gary, Gary, Gary. Here's a young speaker who is really in demand. Don't let that go to your head, Gary. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Four, three. He's Gary Meyer. Hello, Shumway, Spillertown, and Buncombe, Illinois. Breaking news. Not only do animals fatten up for the winter, United Airlines is accommodating bigger, heavier passengers to be compliant with the FAA's weight and balance requirements for the B-757. Bingo. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. From now through April 30th, United will block off up to six seats on its 757s. Really? Yes, really. Blocked off spots will always be middle seats in rows 16 to 40 to equally distribute passengers' weight on every flight. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. The winter weight of female passengers, including their carry-on luggage, increases from 150 pounds to 184 pounds. That happened between 2019 and 2022. It's science. Male passengers' winter weight went up from 190 to 205 in those same three years. It's my luggage. It's not me. I just got a bunch of crap in there. Uh-huh. My winter fat keeps flopping over on the middle seat. Oh, the winter fat. Gross. Always fun to see someone try to stuff a steamer trunk in the overhead. And let's be honest, airplane seats are small for everybody. You know what they feel like? Those seats on swing sets for toddlers that look like the size of a hamster cage that has the bar that comes down to hold you in. That's what airplane seats are modeled after. I'm Gary Meyer with Dave Plyer on the 50,000-watt blower. Yes, you are Gary, Gary, Gary. Good to be on the blower, David. 50,000 watts, strapping it on. (laughs) You did own this real estate now, and that's what we would usually hear right after the 6 o'clock news. Exactly. I would do the opening at 3 and then repeat it at 6, and then Tom Skilling would come on Mm -hmm. for the encore, That's right, as it were, and we'd have a nice conversation. And I always appreciate you asking me back, especially on Veterans Day, because you've been so kind to highlight this tape that my father made 40-some years ago. We're going to play a snippet of it. Yeah, It's about 13 minutes in length, and we're going to play about three minutes of it. And the veterans that we should always acknowledge, not just on one day, uh, I think those of us who were not in the military, you listen to something like my father put together, and you realize the, the hell that some people have gone through in these wars. And this generation never really spoke about that. And that's why that tape was so unique, because nobody, my grandfather really never sat down and talked to me about World War II. We watched World War II movies. He showed me the scar on his leg. I've seen his purple heart, but it was never something that he just openly discussed at the dinner table. No, these guys, these women came back from the war and got jobs, got married, had kids, raised families, and just put it all away. And this horror that they went through was still in them. Yeah. And it would erupt in the strangest ways. There was no PTSD no. diagnosis. No. no, none of that stuff. Um, we're going to do that after we uh, we hit traffic, but I have to tell you, we've been We're already out. going to traffic. <laughs> that didn't take long. Mary's waiting. She's waiting. Um, sometime in the next... Um, uh, we've been hanging out the last couple of days, so you've been sharing, and it's like one of those things where I just feel like I'm listening to the radio when I'm listening to Gary talk, because he's got stories 
decades long. I mean, you've had a wild, crazy ride for five decades. It's time for a book. It is time for a book. <laughs> okay. Come I, on. I don't know. I got some book titles for you. You do? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay, you ready? Uh, Karma in Radio Has No Deadline. What is that? Karma in Radio Karma. Has No Deadline. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, people I want to punch in the throat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess this would be a tell-all, huh? The grass is always greener at another station of mics and men. Uh, somebody get me a drink. Cross talk this. What do you think? Okay. I, you're working it. I appreciate that. And that karma one, karma has everybody's address. That's the one. That's my bumper sticker. That's very true. Yeah. By the way, text lines are blowing up. I mean, people are just thrilled to hear you on the air here. So thank you for being here. This is how it all started for me. And yeah. As much as I, on my podcast, say, yeah, radio, what the hell, what, this and that, I still have this fondness for my my start on radio and how exciting it was yeah. to go through those different steps and get to where I got and I'll never forget it. it it's it's too fun for me in my head. When we were walking through downtown Chicago and just kind of walking because it was such a beautiful day yesterday, um, every step of the way there was a building or a story that you had at every corner. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, when you've lived in book. this city book. as long as I have, uh, yeah, a lot of touchstones. Why don't you throw it to traffic, uh, Gear? Why don't you get uh, Is it time here? for traffic it's already? Time for it's traffic. late. <laughs> yeah, see, here's the thing. Uh, the format in radio is everything, and if you don't hit it, somebody in a foreign country dies. That's the way they present it to you. It might be. And, and I, Mary, you were here when I was here, and yep. when they threw me onto their digital platform, which I thought, oh, this is the future. I'll take it. I, the first show, I talked for an hour and 45 minutes because I didn't have to go to traffic or weather yeah. or commercials. And I, wow, this is not bad. Yeah. yeah, no clock. And then when they realized I was enjoying that, they went, get out of here. <laughs> we don't oh, want you to enjoy oh, anything. Oh, man. What? What here did I go. do? Uh, it's time for traffic. And, and, now you're really and, and take the cubs with you. <laughs> Mary Vandervelt has the traffic on the 50,000 watt blower. Thanks, Gary. All right, Dave Plyer, Gary Meyer, live in studio. So today's Veterans Day, World War One, no known as the time of the Great War. It was uh, that reason, November eleventh, nineteen eighteen, generally regarded as the end of the war to end all wars, which obviously did not happen. But that's where the date was established to celebrate all of our veterans. And I'm so glad you're here to celebrate with us today. And we've done this before over the yeah. years. And I am honored that you give this time to highlight my father's tape. I he would be, if he were alive, he'd be so humbled and thrilled to know that his voice is going out to all these people that I hope hear this tape and think, my God, we don't even know what these people went through. Was this 82? Was About it, 40 years ago, yeah. It's exactly 40 years ago. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Like, as we said before, uh, people, especially from the earlier wars, even through Vietnam, maybe Korea, maybe through Iraq as well, not a lot of people talk about. That's why suicide rates are up among our veterans and so forth. And and there was not a place for them to go and talk about all this. And your father, tell the story about, like, how you found this tape or how you knew this tape was there. It was a tape recorder in the house. I walked in to visit him one evening and my mother and he was sitting at his kitchen table and he had that standard panasonic tape recorder that everybody had mm-hmm. back then that That's little right. thing oh, with yeah. about four oh, buttons yeah. on it oh yeah and he said i just finished recording this i want you to listen to it and he played it and i'm sitting there stunned i was i had never heard him talk about the war and he had gone back this is interesting he had gone back with some army buddies a few years before that and went to some of the areas where they fought and they went to this house and knocked on the door, and the same people were living in the house Crazy. that had hidden them in their cellar because there were Nazi soldiers all around them. There were only a few of them. They got disconnected from their group, wow. and they saved them down in their cellar. They were still living in that house. Wow. Yeah. But you think about that, that's probably the 70s when he went back there. Right, correct? late 70s. So 30 years, 25, right, 30 right, years. Right, right, right. Not unusual, but but being that that was happening during the war and they were hiding him that was pretty amazing i'm sure so he played the tape and he said do you think you could play this on your show and i went it's pretty powerful i'll i have a partner and i'll ask him because it was a committee and i went and my partner steve Dahl and i talked about he said you got to play that that's unbelievable so we did the reaction was incredible and then every year after that on every year yeah and i played on my podcast and it's it's posted 
if you want to hear it there. So we're going to play a little excerpt of that right now of Frank Meyer, World War II veteran. World War II veteran. The next morning, our outfit started out on foot toward the front. We were told to keep moving until we engaged the enemy. For at this point, we did not know where the Germans had advanced to. We had walked about 20 miles that day and took refuge that evening out in the open, digging our foxholes and keeping watch all that night. The next morning, we started out once again. It wasn't long, however, that I heard rifle fire ahead, and our lieutenant yelled, Hit the side of the road. I jumped immediately to a ditch covered with snow and laid there frightened with the realization that this would be my first major engagement with the enemy. We were now being shelled and pinned down by German tanks firing from the reverse side of the slope, which was from a little town of Hostert, Belgium. Our artillery started its barrage, but some of the shells were falling short into our own lines. This soon was corrected, and we inched our way closer so that our firepower from our company and the other flanking us would become very effective. Needless to say, the battle raged on all that day and late into the afternoon. The medics were hurrying about, picking up the wounded. By nightfall, the few remaining Germans had surrendered, and the tanks had rambled off to the next town, which was Eschdorf. I was amazed at how young some of the Germans were, 16, 17 years of age. They were all dressed in white fur-lined garments, which of course was hard to see when they were blended in with a snowy background. We still had our brown khakis and made a good target laying out there in the snow. Our outfit was quickly assembled and we were told that night that we would make an attack at about 1 a.m. Our objective was the town of Eschdorf. After a warm meal and a few hours rest, we again set out to meet the enemy. We had not gone very far when the Germans opened fire and pinned us down. Off in a distance, I heard some of our tanks coming up in position. Before they even stopped, the German Tiger tanks had opened fire and made direct hits on two of our tanks. I heard the men screaming, and then there was total silence. I laid there motionless on the frozen snow, looking up at the stars of heaven. It was a clear night, and all the stars twinkled. And after a long silence, we looked out in the farmyard and saw our GIs walking toward us. We all were overjoyed. The Germans had retreated. I immediately started running toward Hostard, and suddenly my eyes were gazing upon all my fallen comrades. My heart was saddened as I continued to walk slowly back to town. And then I spotted my little Italian friend clutching his rifle in one hand and a small gas burner in the other hand. He was killed Christmas Eve. There you have it. He was my father. He was 21 years old at the time. Wow. And I didn't know. I, this is the first time I heard this part. I did not know that he did ask you to play it. I don't know if you asked him if you could play it, but he no, asked he, you to throw he, it out there. Because he, he knew <clears throat> the, the style of our show was freewheeling and crazy and all that. And he thought, will this fit? Will, yeah. will this yeah. not be something you'd want me to play, be comfortable with? But it took a lot for him to sit down and do that. Wow. As you said, how old were you? Uh, well, 40 years ago, yeah, I was well. younger than now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, younger yeah. than now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Aren't exactly. we all? Yeah, my my grandfather, World War II veteran, um, he told me about, he showed me the scar on his leg. He got a purple heart. He, you know, he had like a five-inch scar on his leg. We would watch war movies on WTTW, but there was never any discussion about it. You know, so what did you do there? And he'd say a few things. He had his guns downstairs. He had his helmet sitting downstairs behind the bar, which was a big gathering place, obviously, in the 70s when you were kind of hanging out in the city of Chicago. And maybe he told his friends stories, but never the grandkids. The PTSD was always below the surface. And one day, somebody slammed a door at the house. He was sleeping, and he ran out into the yeah, hallway, and he, he thought he was in a battle again. And then when he had his heart attack and was being wheeled down the hallway to the ER... He looked at my mother and said, do you have the hand grenades? Yeah. He was back at the war again. Back in the war. And yeah. they didn't have the diagnosis. And no. these guys, these women lived with that That's for right. decades. Forever. Yeah, absolutely. Gary Myers joining us. We'll be right back here on 720 WGN. All right. Dave Plyer, Gary Meyer, live in studio here on 720 WGN. We got a, we got a whole five minutes. <laughs> oh, really? Well... That is the intro to All Along the Watchtower, as done by Dave Mason, and he does an incredible version, Yeah, as you can hear, yeah, just from cool. the start there. Absolutely. That came out 45 years ago wow. or so. I, whatever. I, everything's 40 years ago. 
Yesterday, David and I were walking around. It was 75 degrees, as you all know. And today, walking around, the high beams are up, and I got shrinkage. It's... It's, it's that whole Chicago, one day, 75, next day, 20. It's very true, but now it actually feels like it's a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. Yesterday, it felt like it was maybe September, yeah, maybe late you, August. You said that in that commercial, yeah. and I thought, oh, two weeks from Thanksgiving, I've got to put my 12-foot skeleton yeah. away and get my 12-foot-long baby Jesus out. Right. Because everything now in decoration is 12 feet. That's true. The That's skeletons true. have gone I've to 12 them. feet. So I've you got to have a 12-foot-long baby Jesus. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. How tall do the wise men have to be? 15 feet? <laughs> 15 feet. Yeah. 15 feet. Um, so this week, the, the Neiman Marcus Fantasy Gift Catalog came out. Did you see? Because I know you're a big shopper at the, the old Neiman Marcus. Oh, sure. <laughs> There's some uh, with the economy in the worst shape it's been for decades. They've been doing this since 1959. Here's some of their highlights. Um, you can get, if you want, for your special lady, you can get a $3.2 million tiara, tiara, tiara from Cartier. Mm-hmm. It's a nice gift. Okay. A $330,000 Mattel's Barbie inspired pink Maserati. <laughs> How do you like my pink Maserati now? Um, let's see. Oh, you can also have an exclusive hangout. And a hoops match with NBA legend Scotty Pippen and his son Scotty Pippen Jr. for three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. Yeah, because that was his number. That was his number. Okay. Yeah. Like, when do you start your shopping? I don't. I. I, I <laughs> do you have people? I, no. I just. I don't know what. I just buy gift cards now because okay. it's easier, yeah. and I don't yeah. know what people want. Yeah. And really, I. I'm not. In, this is the tale. And it might not be the tail. It might still be the middle of the pandemic to me. It's still whipping oh, yeah. around, and I, I'm still trying to get my bearings. Christmas, to me, this year, I think I might want to cancel. Oh, I, no. I, don't I, do I don't, I'm not feeling it, and I know we're... I've been feeling it the last couple of years. I want to feel it this year. I would, that, yeah. in that I know it's it's comfort, but I'm not right now. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, a jewel, uh, there's a diamond advent calendar with 24 diamonds in it for 68000 we we have the one with the little Hershey yeah, kisses. Yeah, That's the one we have. Yeah, exactly. That's good enough. Okay, here's 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 one dinner with Radio Hall of Famer Gary Meyer. Uh, it's at the Sizzler. Okay, eighty eight Sizzlers still around. By the way, they're all on the West Coast. Did you know this? No. Yeah. When and you're, you're making there, this up, so no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, not the big prize I am, but there's eighty eight Sizzlers still out there. Okay. Uh, closest is Salt Lake City. So you and a guest. Uh, we'll drive with Gary <laughs> yep. from Chicago to Salt Lake. Great dinner, Malibu chicken. There's a double Malibu chicken now. Uh, it's 20 hours each way. You're going to take turns driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the price tag, what do you want to put on that? I don't know what part of that is real, so I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> no, the, driving with Gary Meyer to the Sizzler in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. How much is that worth? Yeah, that's. I'd have to pay somebody to do that with me. <laughs> okay. that, after right. five hours in the car, five hours yeah. is about the max on a car trip. Yeah. Um, when we come back, because we're coming back after the Northwestern basketball game, uh, we're going to have a very special guest at nine, about nine, 9.30 or so, right? Okay. Yes, Tom Skilling, ace yeah. weatherman, Walt Disney of weather, my yeah. friend Tom Skilling. And I don't really want to talk weather. No, because you never you do did. weather here every 16 seconds or <laughs> something geez. like that. Yeah. But you never did Here's talk weather. You, with do. you get up, you look out the window, oh, I get the weather. But these weather reports, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but you always had a good time talking together. Yeah, so I, I thought it'd be Tom. fun to do that. So he should be out of his 920 weather cast by then to spend uh, some good quality time with Gary Meyer. I'm so grateful that you're here. And y'all, you know, coming in the studio and everything means a lot to me, and it means a great deal to the listeners because our text lines are blowing up. Remember, and I'm a listener since 1979. Remember, thin ice is thin. Yes, that's one of the slogans on the back of the coffee mug that I pedal. You've got uh, <laughs> sharks live in the ocean. Thin ice is thin. Wildfires are wild. Wild animals are wild. And apes go ape. Yeah. And hot coffee is hot. If you know those things, you're set. That's you don't need to right. know anymore. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So you got something coming up then at uh, 9.30, right? Yes. At 9.30, I will talk to Tom, and that's coming up on WGN AM 720, the 50,000-watt blower. All right, Dave Plyer, Gary Meyer. I'm sorry. Probably should be Gary Meyer, Dave Plyer, 720 WGN. Please. <laughs> Come on. Each November, beer fans line up on Black Friday to secure a bottle of Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout. Stout is aged in bourbon barrels and comes in a traditional Bourbon County Stout variant, as well as a number of special edition variants that are distributed in very limited quantities. Now, joining us to break it all down 
It's my pal Mike Siegel, Senior Innovation Manager for Goose Island. How you doing, buddy? Great. Always, as always, great to be here, Dave. We've been doing this for we have seven, eight years, something like that. But now you're with a real radio host yeah. in the room, which is which is the man right that, here. That's enough, Dave, because I can't <laughs> live up to any of this. And Dave has an issue. Yes. That's why he has Mike on. He doesn't want to say anything yet. He's going to get help at some point. I got to yeah. have Mike on because I have to have my medicine. That's, That's how right. he frames That's right. this. That's right. It's yeah. true. It's true. It's my medicine. I talk about it all the time. It's, it's my whole conversation. Right. You're fine. Don't worry about it. He calls me on a Tuesday at noon. Is it too early to drink? No, Dave. Go ahead. Well, you know the days I've had, of course. Oh, so, I yeah. do. I thought we've all had. Anybody, yes, we've all have had. You, have yes. you been through the pandemic? You've had that day then. That's true. That's very true. You're very true. Mike, we've been doing this for a long time, but how long have you been at Goose Island? Has it been 10? Yeah. 11 years. 11 Actually, years. I think next okay. week, in the next two weeks, it'll be 11 years. So talk to us a little bit. How many popes is that, Mike? <laughs> at least three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How many popes? Um, what do you, uh, like, uh, let's talk about the bourbon barrel stuff. Like, how did that all begin? How long ago? Well, this year is 30 years. So wow. the first bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. Uh, and it, 30 years ago, 1992 was the first one. That goes back to the original Goose Island location on Clybourne, still there, still making beer, still making great beer. But this beer came out 30 years ago, and people didn't know what to make of it. Literally nothing had ever happened like this beer before. And you're going to taste it here in a second, Gary. It's, it's like no other beer. You really have to throw out what you know about beer if you've never had this beer before. Uh, and now it's been around for 30 years. Lots of people have. So we're celebrating 30 years of, of Bourbon County style. But you're not drinking this out of a stein. You're not drinking it out of the bottle. You're drinking it typically out of... Yeah, we've got uh, like a scotch glass, like a Glencairn scotch glass. And it's it's perfect because it... And we're drinking it a little bit. It's not ice cold. I'd say drink it even up to room temperature, but 50 degrees or warmer, kind of cellar temperature. Let it warm up if it's ice cold because you're going to get more flavor and aroma out of it as it warms up. Now, Gary, you, you drink a lot of bourbon. Well, I don't say a lot of bourbon. You drink bourbon like <laughs> no, I do. That's my secret. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, if you're going to have a beer, like, what do you prefer? Do you like light, dark? You like IPAs? You know, is- probably lean light. Mm-hmm. If I'm drinking beer, yeah. The Manhattan has been what got me through the last few years. Yeah, I really like those. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that good? That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Mike, what about you? Like, what typically would you pick up? And I know it's like picking your favorite child, but. It, I, I really run the gamut, but I, to me, it's like an occasion thing. So sometimes I'm drinking, you know, a, a, an easygoing lager in the backyard, mowing the lawn, uh, IPA, something if I want a little bit more fruit flavor, let's say. These beers are a special occasion. We call them winter warmers because it's really this time of year. And I know, uh, the, you know, the winter's coming. Uh, it's getting cold. And so this will be perfect for those occasions around the holidays. Mike, speaking of yard work, I like to weed whack, power wash, and stump grind. Please tell me what I should be drinking to do those activities. I love that vibration of all those tools. I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't be drinking this. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You'd be I'll be whacking in. a lot of things that I shouldn't be. Stump grind, yeah. Ever stump grind, uh, guys? Yeah. No. It, oh, it's, it's, it's zen. Cathartic. Okay. Really, right. You take that stump and make it into bark chips. Oh, the best. Yeah. Are you being serious? Like yeah, I do. Doing, I love yard work. Me I doing do. yard work is my getaway. Yes. Like, leave me alone. I, I, don't wanna, I, yeah. I really love it. I have always loved That's doing awesome. it. I've added power washing okay. over the uh, power washing. They have videos on the net of people power washing, and people watch them and get relaxed. There's something about seeing <laughs> wow. something power washed. <laughs> I'm telling you. Fully and closed. you add what Mike is going to tell us about here. Yeah. That's heaven. Yeah, yeah that would be That's heaven. why we live in this country. Sit back, watch the videos, have a Bourbon County stack. That's yes. right. That's right. Well, here's the thing, too, about this. This is a phenomenon. Like, this is Black Friday. Like, people wait in line, like, the day before Thanksgiving to get their allotment or get what they want. Because it's a it's so sought after. And out of the seven variants, there's there's the Bourbon County start, but there's so many others of them that are rare. You're, you're probably never going to see them after that first day unless you go online and you're bidding pretty high for it. So yeah, explain that whole thing. The, so the the most of what we're, we're making is Bourbon County Stout, and then we do the six variants. Yeah. So original plus six, and those are smaller quantities. Those are the ones that you know people are going to really... So it's new news every year. Our number one job every year is to make this beer, Bourbon County Stout, the best beer every single year. But the new news is expected. So we're going to talk about some of these that we're bringing back for the first time in many years. Some of these are brand new. So that's the excitement every year is doing the new stuff. And there's a lot of people that participate in all this, a lot of brewers that provide suggestions to you throughout the year. When does that process start? It starts really at the beginning of the year. It's an ideation. And so we feel like we've got lots, hundreds of people that work at the brewery. We feel like any of them could have a great idea that we can turn into one of these beers. 
And it's really just kind of taking that process, whittling it down to the best three, four ideas, and then executing. Mike told me that there's a guy that gets in line the day before Thanksgiving to hit that Black Friday opening, and Thanksgiving is blowing off, and I'm wondering how he presented this. I assume he's married or has a partner. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to be with you well, on Thanksgiving. I'm standing in line for some beer. Yeah. I've got the tent in the parking yeah, lot. Exactly. i got to skip Thanksgiving. Is that a problem? Can you bring it up to me? <laughs> people come from Canada. People come from the East Coast. Yeah. Like People really travel far for this. I'm not sure they're going to have a partner for very long yeah. doing that. No. no. <laughs> but this is going to help get over that. <laughs> Honey, look sure. what I got. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's why I stood in line, and you're going to like it. <laughs> it's totally true. Totally true. All right. So let's start with the original bourbon. Original. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. So this is, again, same recipe for 30 years. This is an imperial stout, which just means a big, rich, sweet, chocolate, caramel beer that we're aging in bourbon barrels for about 12 months, so the better part of a year. And so let me tell you, folks, mm. I mean, the aroma, I mean, what you, when you're putting the glass up to your nose, you really, without even tasting it, kind of can t- can t- you can keep really drinking, fi- Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait. I'm so wound up in my chair. My, my That's what they all say. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's my chair. It's my microphone. It's the sun isn't setting right. It gets dark too early. No, but you can really sense what what flavors are in here just by by the, the mm. aroma. It, um, immediately, you, you without even tasting it, for me, I get chocolate. I get caramel. I get vanilla. This then, is unlike anything I've ever tasted. This is your first taste of it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Is that amazing? Yeah. yeah. And I know people are listening and thinking, well, that, that's great, but we can't. Well, when you taste this, you're going to agree, I think, that you've never tasted any like, anything like this. Yeah. It's, it really is a special occasion beer. We don't make a lot of it. Again, we only release it one, one time a year, and we want it to be gone that day or within a few days after Black Friday. And it, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say the word wine, but I mean, it does kind of have a little connotation of a little bit lighter. It's darker. It's just... It's the, fruity. It's, yeah. yeah. There's absolutely. cherry. There's blackberries. Yeah. You're yeah. right on saying that. I mean, it's people think of the chocolate and caramel with bourbon county stuff, but there's a lot of fruit character as well. Yeah, there's a lot of pairing you can yeah. do with this. Absolutely. Yeah, this, no but we often do uh, pairings with desserts, mm-hmm. and I start out by saying, well, this is its own dessert. I mean, it sip is. on this. A lot of... People claim their product is a party in your mouth. This is a rave. (laughs) This is something else that I've never had in my mouth. And I've had a lot of stuff in my mouth, (laughs) and it was good, but not Uh, like this. No, That's great to hear. It really is. I I never get sick of seeing that first reaction to this beer, and it's usually very favorable. I'm glad you're enjoying it. But it's great. Isn't that great to see it? it's, It's not, you know, I talk about this beer a lot, but for people that have never had it, I basically just try to get a glass in front of them as soon as possible. I'll go, taste for yourself. If you like chocolate, if you like vanilla, if you like coconut, if you like caramel, if you like any of those things, I think that you'll enjoy this. But your typical beer is 3% alcohol, 4% alcohol? Some average there? beer these days, 5 to 7%. 5 to 7 And, and this is... Uh, we're clocking in at fourteen point three. Uh, it's clocking yeah. right now. <laughs> and, but there's 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 higher ones too. They, they all yeah, vary we'll a get bit. to that. We'll get to those a little bit. <laughs> we later, have but... six more to yeah. go. We're just getting started, and I'm already tingling. Yeah, a couple yeah. sips. Oh, this is just God bless w- Uber. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Like Wild. I said, there's a lot of warmth. We age these in bourbon barrels, and we pick up that bourbon from it. So you're tasting bourbon in there as well. And the barrels for the Bourbon County Stout are. Um, uh, so we're using Heaven Hill, Buffalo Trace, Wild Turkey, and Four Roses barrels. So your bourbon uh, fans will know all those names. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That is. All right. What's next? So the next, so I mentioned 30th anniversary of Bourbon County Stout. Of course, to celebrate that, we wanted to do a special version of Bourbon County Stout, and that's this next one. It's called 30th Anniversary. And I just mentioned those barrels that we use for original. So this is the same recipe, same aging time, but we changed up the barrels entirely. That first first batch back in uh, 1992 was made with Jim Beam bourbon barrels. So we wanted to uh, go back in time, and you know the the whole idea of Jim Beam white label bourbon is fantastic. But 30 years ago, they actually released their small batch bourbons for the first time. So Knob Creek, Basil Hayden. Booker's and Baker's. So we use those four barrels to make 30th anniversary. So everything else about this beer from original is the same, except for we changed out the barrels entirely. 
What's interesting too is if you have a sip of this and then go back to the original and maybe have it, you're going to taste different. Those subtle differences are going to become more prominent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a lot more chocolate. It's a, there's a richness and a sweetness there, a little bit more than original. Of course, original's rich and sweet, but this just has a little bit more of that mouth coating. Lots of dark chocolate and caramel. This is a gift giver thing. Yeah. You should give this oh, as a absolutely. gift yeah. if you have people that are hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Are, yeah. are not getting anything that's getting them going anymore. This is this it. This is it, yeah. yeah. I almost taste a little almond. It's like nuttiness in here too, yes? Absolutely. Oh, As mm. this beer ages in the barrel, of course, it's picking up those flavors of the whiskey, but we start to develop a very nutty almond-like character to it. Now, you mentioned the fact that you want them to enjoy it within a few days of buying it and so forth, but these do age very well. And I mean, they're, they're, they they will taste different from the day that it was made. Correct. But it ages like a fine wine. Oh, yeah. And these first two, we put best within, or we say develops in the bottle for up to five years. We, we try not to make a claim that it's going to be better or worse. It's really just up to you. But yeah. believe me, I've had 15-year-old bottles of this that taste great still it's it, it's it, mo the overwhelming majority of beer is meant to be consumed fresh like within a month or two maybe three this beer could age really well so the wgn beer that i have for may probably might be done <laughs> depends on the beer it depends on the beer yeah. okay uh the barley wine is always a favorite i will say that's that's always a favorite not my own myself but people who love this brand Barley wine. So we, we did barley wine for many years, starting in 2013 for many years, and kind of retired it or put it on hold for a number of years, and we decided to bring it back in a big way. So I'll start by saying a barley wine is different than imperial stout. Of what we're tasting, the seven that we're going to taste, this is the only one that isn't a stout. It looks almost like a stout. It's very dark. dark a barley yes. wine is usually kind of a dark amber. Yeah. This started out dark amber. If you actually hold it up to the light, you can see that it's not pitch black like the others. Right. You can see that deep kind of ruby brown. It's a beautiful color, but it's it's still quite dark for a barley wine. I, I taste toffee a mm. little bit yeah. here. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. A little caramel. Little, yeah. yeah, yeah. I absolutely. like my drinks like my thoughts, dark. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rich caramel. This is aged in old Fitzgerald barrels. It's a really premium bourbon. You ever had old Fitzgerald, Gary? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic bourbon. So the I think it's better than new Fitzgerald. I like classic Fitzgerald. <laughs> right. Yeah. When they brought out right. new Fitzgerald, no. <laughs> the packaging though is amazing on on some of these things too. Yeah. Some of the bottles are, the, but the boxes, yeah, are just as elaborate as as the beer itself. Yeah. The, the the packaging is all done. I'm not on the marketing team, but they will ask my opinion of things, and they've just been hanging out of the park on these. It's a beautiful green package. You see the old Fitzgerald logo across the, the front of the box. It's, it's really quite nice. Christmas morning, if you see this under your tree mm -hmm. in the nice box, true. Santa, thank you. That's yeah. what they'll say. If yeah. I, When I have people over and I just kind of pull this out of the fridge and set it on the bar, there's a lot of people right away that'll be like, ooh. Uh, I mean, right? Am I this, right? This They're is like, fantastic. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, this it's a great occasion. I always open them up around the holidays. Thanksgiving, of course, Christmas. This one, again, different than the others. Not the stout. doesn't have the darker malts. It does have some kind of cocoa flavors, but a lot. you picked it. Car caramel, caramel. A lot of cherry, almond, dates. What I love about this, too, and I was telling Gary about this, is that, you know, they make bourbon county stout cigars at Updown mm -hmm. Cigar, which which we always have every year, uh, you know, walking after dinner and having a, you know, a snifter glass and do a little, <laughs> you know, ascot, you know, walking through the street. But, you know, there's other things you guys do to repurpose the barrels. The barrels don't die with the beer. There's... There's firewood you guys packaged before with that. There's sure. barbecue sauce. There's maple syrup. Like there's all kinds bottle of uses. Openers. Bottle openers as well from the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just showed you those. You make yeah. firewood out of the barrels. Yeah. What does that aroma? It's amazing. Smell? I'll bet. Yeah. I've it's actually made other beers. So obviously malt is the base for most beers. I've actually smoked malt with Bourbon County Stout barrel staves. Wow. So to use in another yeah. beer. So yeah, it's 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 great oak. It's actually I've got. A couple of kind of Adirondack style chairs in my backyard that are made from bourbon barrels. Nice, yeah, perfect. They make yeah. great hot tubs too. I think <laughs> they probably do. Yeah. They probably do. Um, you've had a long time partnership with Intelligentsia here in Chicago as well. Correct. And so, Bourbon County Coffee was the first variant we ever made back in 2009 and 2010, and we made it for many years. They're literally our next door neighbor. So it's a world class coffee roaster. We literally share a wall with over on Fulton Street on the near west side. So world-class coffee roasters and world-class coffee sourcers. So we, uh, and by that I mean, of course, coffee's grown, uh, grown all over the globe. 
So for the coffee for this, so this is Bourbon County Stout, that first beer that we tasted with coffee added. So we added some liquid coffee, and then we added beans from a country called Burundi in the middle of, it's kind of just south of Rwanda in Africa. It's a very small country. I Honestly, I'd never heard of it before we picked the beans for this, but they're making world-class coffee in Burundi. You didn't have coffee last year, I don't think, did you? We did not. No, yeah. We, we, we took, kind of like barley wine, we took a couple years off, off shelf, and now yeah. I yeah. think because it's our 30th, we wanted to bring back these fan favorites. And what's great about this, I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm more of a tea tea guy, mm-hmm. but I love the smell of coffee, and that's what I feel like I'm, I, I smell it as I'm drinking it. It just, it, it tastes amazing. I mean, it's a very strong coffee base to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, you got to deliver on aroma first if you're putting coffee in a beer, so you got to have that classic roast character, but coming into the flavor, we wanted a coffee that really brought out the chocolate and the caramel that's yeah. already in the beer. Yeah. So you taste the coffee, of course, but the beer is right behind it. But mm-hmm. I feel like when you're you, you, it's like you're look like, like it's a cup of coffee. Would it be wrong to have this with your scrambled eggs? Mm-hmm. I'd say there's a so. little. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules, Gary. Yeah, no <laughs> rules. With Thank no God. Rules. No Tired rules. of rules. All right, now we've got Sir Isaac Stout. Tell us a little bit about that. So Sir Isaac's, as in Sir Isaac Newton, uh, the, the inspiration here was oh, the right. Fig Newton. <laughs> yes. uh, a couple of great folks on our e-commerce team came up with this idea, Ryan Habona and Melissa Alaguez, and they were inspired by the Fig Newton cookie. And so we used a lot of Black Mission figs in this and then some graham cracker and a graham cracker flavor to give that kind of whatever that is. It a, is the Fig Newton a cookie? Is it a pastry? Whatever it is, we were trying to get that flavor. I'm a big fig fan. I do. I, I eat figs. You know, you can taste it. Like, this isn't a subtle. I mean, sometimes it, there's a subtle taste of whatever you're explaining in yep. the beer. This is very clear and defined. Did you? Black Mission Figs is a great clown name. <laughs> or and band. I do the same. I have yeah. fig bars all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah. So I hope this conveys that well. We... we I think we went through about five or six different sources of Black Mission figs. We used 10,000 pounds of whole Black Mission figs to make this. Wow. You know, when we did the tasting, it's one of those things where very often, like with the coffee one, you can smell the coffee and then you taste the coffee. Mm-hmm. Here, I don't really smell anything different, but the taste is miraculously We used, for that graham there. cracker, we used, there's a little bit of a cinnamon note that just adds a little spice to, uh, I think, balance out the sweetness that mm-hmm. you get. So there's some sweetness yeah. coming here from the figs, which is appropriate, but a lot of that figgy character, I get some almost like a lime-like note to it as well. And then that, that rich dried fruit character. When we were at Goose Island, I think I actually grabbed, you know, whatever someone else didn't finish because it was so good. Is that wrong? Does that say <laughs> alcohol Spalding. right there? Alcohol is no, don't, don't, don't try to talk yourself out of it. You're fine. I'm fine. Okay, yeah. good. Um, but again, I love you know, the time energy that goes into this, like when, like for, for example, this one, when yeah. did this planning start for this and how did you get to this point where you were satisfied with the flavor and how much you had to put in there? Is planning starts at the beginning of the year. It's, I'd say it's a two month process of ideation where we tell people, so we give bourbon County stout to anybody that wants it in the brewery and say, go expend some ingredients, whatever your inspiration is, a cocktail, a dessert, in this case, again, the fig Newton cookie. Go get some ingredients, put it in there, you know, be tasteful with it, and then present it to us. I don't want to know who created it. I, I try to be blind to the actual creators, meaning I don't want to know that Bob in accounting oh, yeah, came up sense. with this. I just want to know what your concept is. And the concept here, they called it Adult Newton. And so we, we tasted it, and I, me and a, on a panel of, uh, of our managers will, will be the ones judging this and ultimately picking that. And this one just sang to us, because the Bourbon County Stout has a lot of dried fruit character in it, just the original. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a lot of harmony there. But at some point you'll go, yeah, you know, maybe a little bit more of a graham cracker flavor. You know, so, but that's how that process works. It's maybe a, a little bit more of this. You try that, experiment with this. Got it. Yeah, it's a feedback loop. So we, it's not just one submission. It'll be one submission. We'll give some feedback, written form. So again, I don't know who's, I just send it all out to everybody. They read it. Hopefully they'll submit again three weeks later, and then we'll do that a third time, kind of a final round, and then we'll pick from there. People listening are thinking, it's beer. Does it cost the same as my regular beer? And I think when they see the price, they're going, oh, that's more expensive than regular beer. But this is a different category. This is this is almost like a bottle of wine yeah. that you share. Yeah, no and you don't drink the whole bottle by yourself. 
a few sips of this is doing what one or two bottles of regular beer would do, yeah, we've, if that's we, what you're looking for. We're anywhere from in the 13% alcohol up to 17% alcohol on these. So it's they're big they're big beers. They're sweet to balance the alcohol. So it's not just right. high alcohol. There's you got to have sweetness and character to balance it. Uh, but they're, they're sippers. Like I said, they're winter warmers. What's the highest percentage of alcohol in these beers? Like this year's variance, like which has got the highest? The barley wine is 17%. Oh. So uh, oh I failed to tell you that at Gary's the time. But gone uh, already. His yeah. barley corn's yeah. gone already. <laughs> yeah. Barley, wine, barley wine, I should Let say. Let me order my Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to sleep here on the couch. Yeah, It'll be fine. Much. <laughs> It'll be fine. Won't be the first time. Sarat will get you up. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> Watch it. Um, next one, which I think is another favorite of mine this year, yeah. is the biscotti. Yeah. And and so the inspiration here, the idea came from Jill in our HR team. So not a brewer. And this is this is pretty new this this year, these two creations, the Sir Isaacs and Biscotti, coming from non-brewers as a concept. And so I work like with someone them. from HR, I think. Yeah. Came up, seriously. Yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. And so again, yeah. working at a brewery, people of all departments love beer. It's not just the brewers. We're the ones that have to take that idea and execute it. But she came with this idea of a chocolate dipped biscotti. She's Italian American. She loves that combination of almond and anise. I, I smell Sambuco. And then the chocolate dip yeah. part was yeah. an addition. So that's what is in this. It's almond, toasted almonds, uh, cocoa nibs to bring that chocolate character out, and then anise seed, that kind of black licorice. Yeah, I yeah. love black licorice. Yeah. And yeah, right? When you get the HR department in your camp, <laughs> yeah. you're that's clear sailing. You're golden. Golden. You got no true. problem. <laughs> Who are you going to report to? She's in my camp. <laughs> People manager, but HR. So those. Who, yeah, exactly. She was exactly. so excited. Just to, every time we worked together on this, she just was smiling ear to ear. So it's fun to get people that aren't normally, I'm spoiled. I get to be part of making beer every single day. And she works at the brewery, but she's not making beer every day. So being a part of this for her, I think was really special. So this, this again went for her, like her childhood, yeah. having grandma's biscotti. All these things. They all do. Every one of all them. All yeah. these things. Again, we pick these concepts blind because we want to be, we, it always has to lead with the flavor. It has to really sing in the glass. Then we figure out who made it, what the story is, and almost always the story is amazing. It, there's a link to nostalgia. We, I call it, you know, like a flavor nostalgia. Like, I had that cookie when I was a kid, and I want to reproduce. You know, mm-hmm. I think all of us can relate to that. There's Our sense of smell and our sense of taste is so linked to memory. I'm going to try to do a rainbow cone version of this. <laughs> I'm going to experiment. I'm going to bring it to you. I'll invite you in January. Right? You come on <laughs> okay, by. All right. That works. That works Don't tell it. me it's you. Okay, I won't. I promise. Um, the proprietors is very special and it's only sold in Chicago because all this is nationwide. Yeah. This so one is very unique. All of these will be limited national. Again, we release them one time a year and yes. it'll be limited, but proprietors is really our thank you to the people of Chicago. So we just release it in Chicago. Every, we've done it every single year since 2013, oh, and co- every year it's something different. Coconut. That's yeah. the first thing that hit So me. the inspiration Coconut. for this one, this came from Paul Cade and Jason Krasowski. They are brewers, and they were responsible for last year's Classic Cola, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Paul was responsible for Kentucky Fog two years before yeah. that. Oh. So Paul's been on a real run. Was that the tea one? Yeah. Oh, I love that one. That's so my favorite. Yeah. this one, the inspiration here, the guys went on the town, went... Getting cocktailed up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And they went to a number of bars and... Research yeah, and exactly. development. It's yeah. all it, all <laughs> duties here. So there was a, a particular drink that they fell in love with called the Jungle Bird, and an, an interpretation of that particular Jungle Bird cocktail. It's a tropical drink that had banana in it. So this has got banana, pineapple, lime, and coconut. Yes, Chicago's known for its coconut. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, mm-hmm. the old Halakahiki. Do you remember that place in River no. Grove? No. No. I was there. Trader about... Vic's at the Palmer House. Okay. All right. All right. Halakahiki's well. classic. Yes. I was there is. about six months ago. It's right by the railroad. It's been there. God, it's got 60 years, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. There's Fantastic. a couple of those popping up all over. See, you're, you've lived a much greater life than I have. You're at the Palmer <laughs> House at Trader Vic's oh, over here. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea here is to, bring, is to incorporate tropical elements to... Yeah. What what do you get first out of this? I'm curious because we've been asking everybody. Do you get the coconut first, the banana first? I, the... So I, I I smell the coconut first, yeah. but when I taste it, I taste pineapple. Yeah, but but everyone can taste something different, yeah. right? I mean, Gary, what about you? Mm. It's a complex beer. I taste victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smell Magic. that? You smell that? <laughs> yeah. It's victory. Very tropical, and it works with the beer. It on paper, this one looks like it's going to be too much. 
but I think it really sings. You know, the acidity from the pineapple and the lime cut the sweetness a bit. Obviously, it's big on aroma, big on sweetness, but for me, it works. This is the one that probably has, right, the most complex parts that mm-hmm. go into this thing, for sure. What do you taste when you when you taste this? I, all those. All yeah, of them. Just all a little of, bit of everything. It, 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 yeah. Really, I've got all of these drinks now going through, yeah, yeah. and... It's just extraordinary on every. I've never tasted anything yeah, like this. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, where where was I? Put you on the spot here, but <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to go with that uh, 30th anniversary. The 30th, Ooh, yeah. Funny you were going to say that. So I lo- always love the regular Bourbon County Stout. I'd say 30th anniversary. I would say Sir Isaac's Biscotti. I'm just going. You mean all of them? I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not a big. Uh, coffee guy and as much as i love the barley wine i think these other the sir isaacs the biscotti and the proprietor just kind of won me over a little bit fantastic yeah fantastic. it's all now, good little something you, for everybody are here. you allowed to say like what is a favorite are you you know have you told everybody there like you know this one's really unique this is this is a, it's all I, I work so closely with all of these it's hard to pick favorites but i will say as a as a project three years in the making this barley wine is it really exceeded my expectations it, we literally spent three years working on that so so do you already have ideas for next year? You know me. <laughs> you got to you got to have a big plan. So Mike, what a great ahead. job you have. It, it really you, is. You get as an old Steve Martin line, you get paid for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly right. Wow. That is exactly right. It's uh, I don't take it for granted, so. And this is all about Black Friday. So, yep. Black Friday morning, you go to your binnies, you go to your local store. I know beer on the wall, all these guys have event. There's also events that go on throughout the the month too. Yeah, so the and there's a number of those that I don't have those in front of me right now, but there's of course Black Friday is the release day. So go to your local bar, your local retailer that that you know has Bourbon County Stout, or go to Clybourne, the original Goose Island Pub. There's going to be tastings there all day, starting at 9 a.m. If you really want to get going. Wow. Early. Okay. Uh, right. But that's the that's where this was originally created. This beer at the Clybourne Brew Pub. For Thanksgiving, I'm usually downstate, and there's a very there's a Binnie's kind of off the beaten path. So I'm very lucky that I get to go to that one because there's never big lines and I get my stash before I drive back to Chicago. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's a you know, thing. It's a thing. And you know, the yeah. funny thing is, you know, the last couple of years we had to, uh, we work with the retailers, you know, we're not selling this directly. We work with the retailers and they had to pivot away from the lines and, you know, people gathering. So they moved to an online format to do a lot of this. And I, I'm not sure exactly. I think there's a bit of a hybrid this year. There'll probably be some lines since people are getting out and about again. But I think the online sales are big as well. This, so, is, the, this is the Furby of the 19th. 90s getting in line day before thanksgiving the furby. Furby. Wow. <laughs> well let's kick it in now on you dave reaching for that one it is gooseisland.com has everything you need on that again release black friday bourbon county stout six other variants fabulous always a pleasure mike Thank you. You cut me mid-sip. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry thank you. about that. Uh, thanks Gary, for having me, Dave. Tell me. Is uh, this, yeah. is this... When you called me and said, hey, would you like to come up and do a tasting? And you started to explain it. I thought, huh, sounds interesting. You did not oversell it. And I can't believe what I put in my mouth in the That's last awesome. Whatever amount of time I've lost track. Where am I? How are you? (laughs) Who are you? You're you're WLS. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, there it is. Hey, now. Hello. Are they still in business? (laughs) They are. Oh, barely. All right. You're listening to 720 WGN. The Dave Plyer Show. Hello, boys. He's back. He's back. He's back. I'm back. Ready to have a good time. Well, come on. What are we waiting for? Let's go. This is exciting, isn't it? No. Yes. All right. We're on. Hello. Testing. 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 Welcome aboard the Dreamliner. Hello. Hello. These are the names of the pilots. Okay. Sum Ting Wong. Okay. We Too Low. Okay. And Ho Lee. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Whoa. What the hell happened? What happened? This, this was a nice evening. Nice <laughs> but wait. There's more. Four. Three. Gary. 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 Oh, Welcome back. He's down on the phone. I am proud of you, my man. Gary Meyer on AM 720 on the G, the 50,000-watt blower, and the host of this program, Dave Plyer. Yesterday, Dave and I were tasting some Goose Island bourbon, and we had a lot left over, and Dave said, I'm going to finish it, so if you can buy me some time while I go and, and really get a snootful i said dave okay well you might want to seek some help too on that 
I'll take over for a little while. And you were nice enough to contact my dear friend Tom Skilling, the Walt Disney, if not the Timothy Leary of weather. Somebody spoke and I went into a dream. That's what happens when I watch you do the weather. We're not going to talk about the weather. When you were on with me, Tom, Tom, welcome. Gary, do you know how much fun this is? I do. I, I do. I have missed you every... You were pointing out that it's been five years since we last talked. Yeah. Uh, now, we've talked personally uh, on the phone, but the last time we talked on the radio, I hadn't realized it was that long. Yeah, five years ago, and if you did Welcome not hear back, us... Thank Gary. you. If you did not, did not hear us on AM 720, yeah. Tom would be at the <laughs> front of my show and the back of my show, and we rarely talked about weather yeah. because there was so much else to talk about. Before we get into anything... Thing, Tom. Yeah. I want to pay homage to a colleague of ours who passed away, a dear friend of yours, and became a friend of mine oh, yeah. the same way you and I became yeah. friends through this radio show. Yep. Jim Ramsey, who worked at WGN TV for many years. Yep. And he would fill in for you when you were off. <laughs> and Jim had this great personality. He would do anything to have oh, a good yeah. time. And Jim said something, and I told the listeners recently after Jim passed, this is his philosophy. This was his philosophy. Low expectations. <laughs> the best way to get through life, low expectations. And the way he said it was hysterical, and he I believed know. it. And I think he's right, Tom. Oh, Gary, you know, Jim had one of these uh, marvelous, self-deprecating, southern sense of humor. I, I, I'll tell you, Steve Sanders, who worked over here for years, same way. And we would sit back here in the weather office and start talking, and the two of us would start laughing. And about two hours later, with the tears running down our face and having laughed all that time, we'd regain consciousness. But I, when I listened to him with you, remember how you'd have him reading yes. this uh, these uh, rock lyrics and all, and he'd do it in that beautiful, mellifluous, baritone voice he had, and um, he would start laughing. Uh, you know, the two yeah, of you were yeah. marvelous. Here was the it bit was... that I, I thought Jim would be perfect for. <laughs> yeah. Remember those Tim Allen commercials from yeah. Michigan? Yeah. Michigan. The heart of well, and I thought, oh, Jim's voice would be perfect. So I would write these scripts based on Chicago and Illinois, and they'd all be damning of the city and state. Oh yeah, in the opposite of what Tim <laughs> Allen was doing for Michigan, and Jim would read them straight if he could get through it, yeah. and they were perfect the way he did it, and yeah. we all had a good time. But I love that guy because it wasn't as oh, I don't do that. I'm a professional. He was ready to play. And oh, he I, was. I just wanted to mention that because he he passed away recently. Now, about a year ago, I called Jim and said I'd like to have you on my podcast. And this this is so Jim. He said I don't have a computer that would be able to put me on <laughs> your podcast. I said you're kidding. And I had my producer call him to make sure he and he didn't. That's there was no so way he great. could be on. He didn't have the technology. Oh, and I that know. was Jim. I know. Well, look, I'll tell you, we have fought technology in this office for how many decades? So I think probably the last thing Jim wanted to do when he went home is fight another computer on some basis, you know? And it doesn't surprise me at all that he didn't want to deal with that. You know, I we had a beautiful um, f funeral, if a funeral can be beautiful. And I met uh, Jim's wife and his relatives. His brother was up from South Carolina. Jim was an interesting guy. His dad either owned radio stations or was in the radio business That's right. in South Carolina. That is right. He owned radio stations. Yeah. And so Jim had gotten into it at a very young age, as so many of us have. And uh, well, a nicer guy yeah. you'd never find. And he would talk about how when he'd get home, he had a TV table, one of those tray tables, yeah. and he'd set his meal on that and watch TV. <laughs> right. It was just, he was a, a TV show. He was. He was a total TV show. If somebody wanted to go and make a TV show, I he know. would be the guy to do it with. Okay, so that's that, and we may may he rest in peace. We really will miss him. Yeah. And I'm on a yeah. campaign, Tom, to have the web telescope turned off, and I'll <laughs> tell you why. Uh-huh. This telescope that was launched months ago is sending back these images and they say the purpose is to show us how the universe began right and my response has been there's no way we can comprehend no that at all we're here on earth and our biggest worry is are they going to put mexican pizza back on taco <laughs> bell's menu and you've got this piece of technology way out in space it's beyond our our oh. ability to comprehend 
the start at what is there a switch out there and it's on on that's what it's going to say why are we doing this to ourselves we have enough to worry about on this planet well you know something when we were doing this climate change series we were out at uh, nasa goddard and the guy who was the project manager for webb telescope was out there the day we were there and i talked to him and i said my god you know that thing cost 10 billion dollars took them 20 years to build and they they shipped it down to south america and launched it out of french guiana down there or something and um you know can you imagine uh this is not something off the shelf spending 10 billion dollars in 20 years and putting it on a rocket and wondering uh, during those tense moments whether the thing was going to blow up on the way up okay well that's one aspect of it the the real point that i'm looking at is what am i going to be able to comprehend i have enough right here i'm still trying to wade through what that pandemic was and the damage that did and the day-to-day stuff we all go through and that's beyond our reach it really is see i think it just upsets people because you realize how really we are nothing in the speck of the universe see this is why uh you are always (laughs) so refreshing and i have thought every one of the last five years we need you <laughs> on here because you can look at this insanity that we call life and and boil it down to its basics. And I, yeah. you know, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and yet, you know, the scientist in me loves the fact. Well, that I know we're this is something here. that you yeah. probably go, oh boy, I want to see more of but uh, I some hear nebula, bazubala, yeah. and 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 wow, <laughs> okay, wow is right. And I look up at the sky at night when I'm walking our dog Flynn. Yeah, and I was. How is Flynn doing, oh, by the way? He's fantastic. Yeah. That Tom, and we've talked about this, yeah. I was reluctant to get a dog because were. we were living in a condo, right, and I right. thought, that's not fair to the dog, yeah. and my wife and daughter wanted the dog, and I finally caved in, and I don't know my life without this dog. And you have talked about your oh, pets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, especially during a pandemic, that's when you need a pet, an, a cat, a dog, whatever, because that is the balance you when know, we're going through all that craziness. Oh, there's no question. You know, Gary, um, we did my show from home. That uh, we set up the mm-hmm. home weather office, and little Maddie would be sitting down there looking up at me, and uh, nobody knew that because they couldn't see her. She was off camera. But she'd look at me and saying, now, what is Daddy doing talking to nobody at this uh, stupid thing that's pointed at on the camera? And uh, there was something kind of refreshing about yes. that. You know, they uh, don't care about anything but you. Right. Other people that are our family and loved <laughs> no. ones or relationships, that, that has a, yeah, a nice feel to it. But they don't give you what an animal can give you. No, it is absolutely true. And to hear that you have come to this point where you love oh, your yeah. dog, I think that's great. Yeah. And you know, one of the great stories, I don't know whether we ever discussed this or not, your wife, Cindy, was born in the same hospital I was born in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, different years, of course. But what, you know, you always... What is the, you believe, yeah. Gary, that things happen in life for a reason, that this is somehow all laid out. What a... What are the chances? Yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, it, it was when we started to talk about our lives and everything. And yeah. You, where were you born, Tom? Uh, <laughs> I was born in Pittsburgh. What hospital? And McGee Hospital. And my wife goes, that's where I was born. It's amazing. Do you know that my mother had the uh, the bill for my brother's birth because he was born there too? And do you know what it cost for a childbirth in McGee Hospital in Pittsburgh? <laughs> okay, I love doing this. It was about what fourteen dollars. Yeah, it was. That's a, literally what it was. Are you serious? Child, yeah, fourteen dollars. It was. It, I think it was fifty. Okay, uh, I think it was fifty dollars. But it was. Can you believe that? I, it's just. Amazing. I know. I, it's, a, it's one of those things where remember know. when when I, I was growing. Yeah. A house was $25 and a car was a nickel, that kind of stuff. But that part was really bizarre when we were becoming friends and had that connection. All right, we're going to take a break here and more with Tom Skilling right after these words on AM 720 WGN. I'm back with Tom Skilling on the David Plyer Show. Dave is resting. That is code. Figure it out. And that's the same code I use at home when I'm having a drink and Somebody asked, hey, what are you drinking? It's my medicine. Now, Gary, you got to tell me, and, and all of your, your fans around here, because every time I go anywhere in town, people say, I miss you and Gary talking. So what have you been doing? I, you're doing a podcast. I do the podcast yeah. five days a week, yeah. GaryMeyer.com. You can watch the Friday show is live. It's a cocktail show, Tom, and that's with video. 
and watch it on YouTube, Gear Force Live, subscribe to that. And that's what I've been doing for the last seven years since we were removed from said frequency. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I, uh, I keep hoping somebody comes to their senses and says hey bring it back now you have been traveling recently yeah. and you were in hawaii oh, and yeah. was it in hawaii that one trip where you almost drowned yeah and you know i'll never forget i mentioned it that to you just offhand when i got back i was on Kauai, and we were on this unpatrolled beach and the waves were wild and i remember as a kid i used to swim off the jersey shore so i loved waves i thought oh you know what i didn't realize is i was <laughs> then i'm now a senior citizen status and I don't have the energy of a 16-year-old that I used to when I rode the waves in New Jersey. And I got tangled up in a rip current. And, you know, for years, I always thought, how does anybody drown in a rip current? They probably are fighting this thing. But I'm telling you, I understand now. Yeah. It was a terrible thing to go through. And after mentioning that to you, every time you'd come across a press clipping about somebody else getting into the same stupid mess uh like anne hathaway i remember the actress you uh called that to my attention gary i'll tell you something. i was in one tom in alcapulco and oh, it happens horrifying. so fast yeah. and it is frightening and you start panicking and you just hope you're going to get out of that moment oh, or yeah. somebody's going to come to your rescue because you're already going down within about 60 oh, yeah. seconds. I was two minutes from death. The only re the only thing that saved me was uh, my roommate had been sitting on the beach and it my two roommates and one of them had seen I was in trouble. I had no energy to cry out for help over the roar of the waves and they wouldn't have heard me anyway. But I'll tell you something. I have new respect for the ocean. Um, and Ed, I love it. There's just something about the water and i remember you guys broadcasting from hawaii i used to listen to you out there. yeah that was that was yeah. great we yeah. had a lot of fun doing those wow. and i think we were the first show to start going out yeah in in you that were. capacity of taking listeners and broadcasting from cruise ships and different places yeah and that was always fun always enjoyed that and you were on the big island yes and they have lava coming out the top of that volcano there oh my god i went out four years ago gary to uh, see kilauea which was uh, i think that's illegal tom you can't kill <laughs> a whale anymore no i know and uh, certainly not in this day and age <laughs> but i you know it was amazing i went out at 4 30 in the morning i'd seen these uh, boats bobbing around with people taking pictures of the lava coming into the ocean so i went out there to my hotel and i said hey is there a way to get on one of these boats i'd like to see oh yeah just get up at three 30 in the morning drive the hour across the big island you got a helo about an hour of boat trip and you're watching this orange glowing sky uh along this eight mile river of lava that was going into the ocean and we got there and i remember the captain said now we're going out in 15 foot seas so many of you are going to get sick but so will the crews so don't be embarrassed and we did get sick but i'll tell you it was so fascinating seeing this thing happening that you you would throw up and then say uh look let's get this out of the way so i can go back to looking at what was going on tom could you tell your vomitus from the lava <laughs> i couldn't yeah well you know what was interesting waves were breaking over the side of this thing and as we got close to the um the lava gary it heated up the water it was like bathtub water coming over on you and and the boat had engines on and all i could think is my god the current was pushing us toward this molten lava and i thought if this engine ever gives out we're dead <laughs> how much did you pay for this nightmare i don't remember i i don't remember but i remember there was a family from germany with their kids there there was a family from australia there were about 35 of us on this boat and about three weeks later one of these lava bombs which is uh, molten lava that flies through the air had flown onto this boat and burned through the tarp that you had over you yeah and i remember thinking well thank heavens i got out there before that happened but i'll tell you it was an experience and now mauna loa out there is kind of rumbling and that's a thirteen thousand foot volcano and uh you know I, so it'll be interesting how to close do you get that. to the lava oh we were literally within i'd say 300 feet I, I mean, we were really close. You could feel the heat emanating from it. And then there, the steam coming off it, which has hydrochloric acid in it, and so you don't want to breathe it, but the wind was blowing the other way. Uh, and it would assemble into this great big pyrocumulonimbus cloud, a thunderhead over the lava field. And it just sat there for the, all six months that the eruption was going on. The whole thing was just fascinating. And then I went out six months later when it stopped, 
And you know, there was no lava at that point, but the rocks six months later were still hot. You could feel the heat from uh, as they were cooling down from the lava that they had uh, been born from. And that's where you're going to retire someday, you think? Oh, I tell you, it's it's pretty nice. I keep telling Bill Snyder, who, by the way, says hi. Uh, Bill is, is your ace sidekick there, right? He is. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And whenever he goes to Vegas and sits by the pool, he sends me pictures <laughs> of his know. drink. And he and I are simpatico on we like heat. Oh, I know. We love sun and heat. We're not mushrooms. We no. need the sun. I know. And we share our drink recipes and stuff all the time. Well, he's very proud, Gary, because uh, I've suddenly taken this, uh, uh, I, I found this affinity for the warmth. And he says, see that? I told you that you get used to this. Instead of going up to Alaska and watching a glacier melt, you should go out to, you know, the heat. Because I'd kid him. You know, he'd say, oh, look at this, 120 degrees in Phoenix. I said, Bill, that's 120 reasons not to go to Phoenix. You know, that it's that hot. Well, when you go through a Chicago winter, your body needs to heat up again. And that's why we like the heat. And I would go and my wife and I would go to Florida in the middle of summer because it's less crowded yeah. and you're sweating you're sitting by the pool you're ordering a lava bomb that's a drink I think <laughs> yeah and what's not to like I know it really well look Gary you you've 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 got somebody of like mind now um, there was a time I would have said I don't know Gary it's not to be hot all the time but um, I really come to like that yeah well uh, Tom I think we're out of time and Gary, I, this has been great. I, I'll tell you, it's like a reunion I couldn't have imagined happening. Thanks to I'm, Dave Plyer. Yeah, for, thank you, Dave. And I guess that he has been arrested, and I've got to go bail him out or <laughs> well, something. That's all, yeah, his issue that i got to deal with now. But he yeah. was nice enough to set this up, and I miss you tremendously. I, I love you. I you guys, too. And I hope we can talk again soon. Absolutely. You, you give Cindy a big hug for me and Britta and uh and the little doggy and uh <laughs> that's all code by the way and we know what that means <laughs> no gary great <laughs> and the little doggy to too yeah exactly tom skilling and this is the fifty thousand watt blower am 720 wgn